This is a passage of scripture from a book that Paul writes to the church in Rome. And um, verse 14 onwards, he says this. He says, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit that you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. And by Him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. And if we are God's children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs of Christ. If indeed we share in His sufferings, in order that we may also share in His glory. Verse 18 says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. Now stop there. So Paul is writing to the church in Rome, and he's speaking about some really important things. He's speaking about the fact that God is our Father. Isn't that good news? That He's Lord and Savior and He's King, but but how crazy is it that God of the universe wants to be dad to us. He wants to be our father to us. And then he speaks about the fact that we've not received the spirit that makes us a slave to fear because he's our father. Rather, we've received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Therefore, we are the sons and the daughters of God. And so, as we put our faith in Jesus, what happens is the Holy Spirit comes and he adopts us into the family of God and God becomes our father and we become the sons and daughters of, of, of King Jesus. Isn't that amazing? And then he says, because you're a son, he says, you have an heir. You, you, you're an heir. You have an inheritance with, with, with the Lord. And so for me, these two things are imperative in our understanding of who we are, knowing who God is on the earth, but number two, who he says we are. But then he goes on and he speaks about the creation. And he says the whole world is, is, is frustrated. It's groaning. It's moaning. Because when Adam and Eve walked away from God, the implications were not just on our relationship with God, but the whole world felt that 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 moment when they walked away, walked away from God, the whole world came into bondage. And it says the world is groaning, it's moaning, it's longing to be liberated. Amen. And then it says this, and the creation waits with eager expectation for what? For the sons and the daughters, the children of God to be revealed. Amazing passage. So he said, God is our Father. We're his sons and daughters. The world, can you see the world is growing? Yeah. Can you see it? Just look around the world. There's so many things that are going on. Except the world is saying, set me free. And then it says this, it's waiting with eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. The Passion Translation says this. It says the whole earth is standing on tiptoes, waiting for the sons and daughters of God to rise up. So what am I, what am I sharing with you today? I, I feel like there's a word in my heart that would say this. Sons of God, arise. Daughters of God, arise. And it's a crazy thought that the world is waiting for what lives inside of you. It's waiting for you to discover who God is. It's waiting for you to discover who you are. It's waiting for us as a people to rise up in the confidence that God's a good father, we're his sons and daughters, nothing is impossible for us. It's like we carry the key to unlock the whole world. So God could do it, but he chooses to do it through us. And so coming into 
adoption, coming into sonship, coming into Christ is more than just you being forgiven. It's coming into your identity. It's coming into your destiny. It's realizing who God says we are and that we have a mandate from heaven to liberate and bring freedom to the whole world. So I feel in my heart that God is raising an army. God's raising the people who will realize who He is and who they are and begin to run the race that He's called them to run. I don't know if you've seen the movie The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Anyone see that yeah. movie? Isn't that an amazing movie? I just love it. My kids love it. I love it just as much. And, and if you've seen the movie, that movie is about is it Lucy and Edmund and Elfie Jesus? No, Susan and someone else. Who was Peter. Peter, of course. And, and they, they're staying in this big home Lucy goes into the wardrobe, probably one day, and she walks into the wardrobe and the other side to a place called Narnia. And Narnia is this, is this land that kind of represents the earth today, but Narnia is under the rule of the wicked witch. And the whole of Narnia has been frozen. And these four brothers and sisters walk on Narnia and all the animals get really excited. And they, they're like, Did you, have you heard the prophecy? And they're like, what prophecy? They said, no, there's a prophecy that was given that when the four sons of Adam, yes, start to walk on Narnia, Aslan, who represents Jesus, will start to move and dethrone the wicked witch and bring, bring summer to a place that is frozen under winter. C.S. Lewis wrote the book, and, and, and they did the movie. And this is a prophetic declaration, I think, of Romans chapter 8. Because all the earth is waiting to be liberated, but it's waiting for the sons of Adam, who is that, you and me, to rise up and walk the earth and bring freedom. God wants you to know who he is. God wants you to know who he says you are. And God wants you to know why you're alive. And he wants to come. He wants to bring you into that space of freedom and joy where you realize that you are created for a purpose. And so there's this army that's rising up. And I want to share just very quickly with you three things that I think will mark this army of laid down lovers. Lovers of Jesus and lovers of people. Paul says in the book of Ephesians that Pray, pray. He says, may, may, may the Lord open the eyes of our hearts that we might know the hope to which we've been called, the, the glorious inheritance of the saints, and His incomparably great power for us to believe. And I think that there are three things in that prayer that, for me, speak of what this army of people are going to look like. The first is that may our eyes be open to the hope to which we've been called. I think the hope to which we've been called is to know Him. I think calling, first of all, if I am called, you are called, we are called by God to know God, to walk with Him. Daniel 11, 32 says, those who know their God will be strong and will do mighty exploits. John 17, 3, Jesus praying in the garden, He says, He says, God, God, this is eternal life that they would know you. The point is this, that this, this gathering of people will be marked not by people who know about God, but people who know God. And, and as we go into the season, as we spoke as a team, I feel like the most important thing that we're going after is not a clever vision, it's not a beautiful strategy, it's Jesus. We want to be a people of the presence of God, who prioritize God's presence over everything in our lives. Moses says in the book of Exodus, chapter 33, when God says to him, By the way, Moses, I've had enough of these people, you can go to the promised land on your own. Moses says, What? I don't want to go to the promised land if I can't have you. He says, I would rather be in the desert with you than in the promised land just with an angel. In other words, Moses said, I want you more than the promise. And that's the heart that I want us to carry. That we would be a people who are so passionate and focused, saying, God, more than anything else, we want to live in your presence. 
Does that make sense? And so we're going to have times of worship. We're going to seek God. It's church. Of course it's church, but it's more than that. This is a community of disciples of Jesus who are going after His presence. Why? We want to host the presence of God to bring freedom and liberty to the world. So then he goes on in that prayer. He says, May the eyes of your heart be open that you might know the hope to which you've been called. Secondly, the glorious inheritance of the saints. And I think that as we begin to discuss this and see this, we'll see that the, the second thing that really marks this army is that they understand not only who he is, but what he's done for us. Inheritance is what you get for free. What's our inheritance? It's who he is. It's the finished work of the cross that we are transformed by the cross into the image of Christ to become the sons and daughters of God. We are confident in who he is, but who he says that we are. God wants you to know who you are. Did you know that? God wants you to know that you are loved by him. That he is proud of you. He is for you. That you are made for a reason. You are made for a purpose. Find out what that is and live with all of your heart for that. And who he says you are is you're a son and you're a daughter. That is loved by God. Isn't that wonderful? But then he goes on. The final thing he says is that the eyes of our hearts will be opened that we would know the incomparably great power for us who believe. In other words, he's saying, I want you to know me. I want you to know who you are. But I want you to know who you can be. I want you to know that I've given you the Holy Spirit. <laughs> you know, when Jesus in John 14 says, I'm going to go back to the Father, he said, I'm going to go back to the Father, but don't worry, because I'm going to give you another, the Holy Spirit, who will come. And he says, and we will come to you, and we will make our home in you. Okay, at that point, you should be screaming. <laughs> just, just pause, stop, think. What did he just say? We will come, and we, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we will make our home in you. God doesn't want to live in buildings made by man. He wants to live in hearts that he made. God's passionate desire is to take up residence in your heart, to live with you, to live for you. And as the Holy Spirit comes to live in your heart, you're awakened to a good father, you're awakened to identity, but you're awakened to the possibility of living just like Jesus did on the earth. God has filled you with his spirit for a purpose. And the purpose of that is to make the Father love you. So put your hand on your heart for a moment. Say, this heart, say what you said, this heart is the home of His presence. He wants to live in this space. Not to condemn you, but to love you, to empower you, to set you free, to make you come alive to the reason for which you were created. So this morning, I feel as I bring this to a close, that God is calling us up. I feel like God is calling us up. This week I was thinking about Psalm 24. I think it says, Who can ascend the hill of the Lord? Who can stand in the holy place but he who has clean hands and a pure heart? Who does not lift up his soul to an idol or swear by what is called such is the generation of those who seek your face and God and Jacob. There's the sense of come up the mountain. I was thinking about the Mount of Transfiguration with Jesus and and, and, and disciples went up the mountain and they went up into the presence of God and they were transfigured and transformed in the presence of God. There's a sense in my heart that God is saying, children of God, come up. Come up into my presence. I'm calling you higher. I'm calling you into my heart, but I'm calling you into purpose. For the sons and the daughters of God. And as he's calling, this is the thing that we must respond to. God, I want to give you my yes. Anybody want to give God your yes today? Good company. And so we're going to pray now. Now we're just going to say, Father, I hear your call. 
I want to go deeper. I want to go higher. I want to go into your presence. I want to go into who I am. I want to, I want to go into my destiny, the reason for which I was made. And he wants to come and touch us again. Anybody up for that today? Yeah. All right. So what we're going to do now is um, Tony mentioned that we're going to be praying for, for some of some, some new leaders today. And all those men and women that you read out and are part of the new leadership team, I wonder if you can stand to your feet so. Ethan, Phoebe, and Joanne, Nathan, Amanda, Kirsty, and James, Jonah, and Jess. And I'm going to ask Anthony and Tony and Louise, and James and Melissa, if you guys wouldn't mind, just coming in, just put your hand on each of these shoulders, people's shoulders, just lay a hand on them for a moment. And I want to ask the rest of us, if you wouldn't mind just praying with us for this amazing group of people, just stretch your hands towards them. I'm going to pray a prayer over them and ask God to come and just fill them with His Spirit, anoint them, which has enabled them to do the task that God has given for them to do. Those of you down front, just will we pray for Tiffany for a moment? Nathan, Amanda, James, just look at me for a moment. I want to share this with you. As I prayed for you over the last couple of days, I felt like God gave me the book of Isaiah, chapter 6. And it says that in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, I saw the Lord, and I saw his angels, and they were saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Isaiah then said, But I realized that I am a man of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the glory of God. And then the angel of the Lord comes with a coal of fire from heaven and touches Isaiah's lips and says, See, I've made you clean. And then Isaiah hears the call of God, Who will go for me? Who will go for me? Who will go for me? And Isaiah says, Here am I, Lord, sing me. I feel like this morning that as we stand in the presence of a holy God, responding to his call and his commission, that quite literally the presence of God is here upon your life and he wants to come and touch you with fire today. He wants to fill you with the Holy Spirit. He wants to empower you for the task that he has for you. He wants to enable you to run the race that he's called you to run. And so as you close your eyes and put your hands on the front of you for a moment.